The son of Neptune, chapter 25, Percy. Percy already felt like the lamest demigod in the history of lame. The purse was the final insult. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Justice for the purse. I'm so mad. Justice for this purse. After we spent the entire end of the last episode complimenting Percy, I gave Percy an offering on his purse. <laughs> like he, I think he looks good with the satchel. Uh, and then he spends these entire four chapters uh, full of toxic masculinity. Yeah. I think the thing is like, okay, I get it. In but what year did this book come out? Um, um, 2011. Really? That is way earlier than I thought. Yeah, that's crazy. Really? Only, really? 2011? I guess the last book came out when I was in middle school still, so. What? Okay, now, that's a different tangent that I'm going to get distracted by. I have to finish my point first, which is, I guess in 2011, like that era of Percy would have this toxic masculinity and be annoying about the satchel. But I think 2022 Percy Jackson would only carry around a satchel. I guess. Thinking about like the development of style trends. Um, Absolutely. Percy loves the satchel. Justice for Percy's satchel. So true. I now need to look the exact years every Heroes of Olympus book came out. That is so much earlier in time than I thought. It really is. Um, okay. 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. Hmm. So I guess that makes sense. Blood of Olympus came out when I was in seventh grade, eighth grade. October 2014 would have been. Yeah, actually, that is. Yeah. That makes sense. If we graduated in 2019, that would be fall of eighth grade. Yeah. I just have very distinct memories of reading Blood of Olympus and crying in like science. but i had the same science teacher seventh and eighth grade so i couldn't like pin it down right um ava Neve, how are we doing this week <laughs> good yeah i went to duncan this morning i had the little like pancake mini things because i was like very curious they were really good I'm so jealous. I wanted to try them. I truly cannot eat them. You, but. yeah, they they uh, they taste a lot like the mini ones that you can get from Trader Joe's, and like microwave. Like they definitely taste microwaved, but they were pretty good. I vibe with them. Was the, was this a thing for anyone else when they're like little kids that you'd eat the frozen pancakes frozen? You would eat them frozen? 
No, babe, that was a you thing. No, I mean, unless it, anyone out there listening ate, you would like not heat them up. You would just eat them. Yeah. What? No, I never. <laughs> I would always like have that idea, like about like the Eggo waffles, like when they were frozen. I'd be like, "What if I?" And then I'd be like, Mm-mm, "Not this time." <laughs> so I just never ended up doing it. Not this morning. I would always like take a little nibble out of the edge and then like finish cooking it. Did it taste good? Yeah, they were, I remember it tasting really good. But maybe that gave me my gluten allergy, you know? <laughs> That's so funny. Was it worth it? Yeah. Eva, <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm all right. Um, I, oh boy. I watched most of Captain America Civil War last night. I have so many thoughts. Didn't quite finish it. Um, but I will. My friend fell asleep. <laughs> so it deposited like half an hour left. Um, but I'm going to finish it today. I have a lot of thoughts. But overall, such a good movie. So well done. I loved it. So yeah. I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Brayden? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm trying to think of if I have anything to update. Not really. Um, I, uh, I've been doing, I did a lot of laundry last night. Mm. Woo. But I'm, I'm tired now because that took a long time. Like, you know, when you have to do multiple loads of laundry. And so it's like, it just takes forever when you have to do a couple loads. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you like folded the first load and then you put the second load in and you're like, and now I still have to wait an hour for it to be done drying and it's two o'clock. Why didn't I do this during the day? Yeah. But it was fine because I, I, I listened to these chapters while I folded my laundry and I'm moving. So I had to, I only brought my laundry bag home with me and not like anything to actually carry clean clothes home. So I was like folding clothes and like, like stacking them in my laundry bag, attempting to not make them super wrinkly, but I don't (laughs) think that's going to happen. So I think I'm going to get back to school and have to like steam everything. Oh God, no, but it's fine. Your ability Ability is the wrong word. Your dedication to like actually steam clothes at school astounds me. But I like, I wear a lot of dress shirts. You do, but they, I like they get very wrinkly. Buy things that won't wrinkle, and the things that I own that do wrinkle that I like like enough to care. Like I will protect them with my life to <laughs> that they don't wrinkle because there is no way I'm pu- like I own a steamer. I think I pulled it out like three times and two of them was like formal events were happening. So I needed to have unwrinkled things, but like it's astounding. I respect it a lot. Everything I own wrinkles. Wow. You're brave. (laughs) That's kind of poetic. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. I own wrinkles. It's just like a lot of buttoned up shirts. Even like the t-shirts I have are like, pretty wrinkly yeah 
This is the life. This is. Um, <laughs> all right. Welcome back to Return to Camp Half Blood. Uh, this week, we'll be discussing the Son of Neptune chapters 25 through 28 through the theme of dreams. By Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Uh, all right it is my turn to give the summary uh, <laughs> who would like to time me i have my phone out i'll do it all right okay 45 seconds and you ready yep Three, two, one, go. I'll have a little dreamy dream. I don't really remember what it's about at all. Like zero percent of that dream do I remember. Um, and then Percy wakes up and they're in Portland or Seattle. I don't remember Portland. which Portland. Um, and food trucks and Phineas is blind. He has a weed whacker, harpies, harpies eat his food, but he is mean to them, and they're malnourished, and he wants the fast one. The fast one's Ella. We love Ella. She knows so many things. Um, and they get back, and they they go Princess Bride on that shit, and um, Gia kills uh, Phineas and helps them, and they, they yay, and they save Ella, the heartbeat. <laughs> that was... Interesting. <laughs> that was good, I think. I it was good, yeah. It was just the ending phrasing was so funny. <laughs> just, and they yay. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, I mean that kind of sums it up well. Cause they just kind of like and they yay. Yeah. I yeah. guess like and they like find out where to find Polybides and, yeah, or yeah. no, um no, no, no. Uh not Uh We spent last episode trying to figure out his name. Yeah. And I looked it up and I, I already forgot it again. Yeah, I just keep forgetting. Alcinius. Yeah. Alcinius. Um, what was the dream about? I completely forgot. It was about the warship. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and he saw Tyson. And he saw Tyson and Jason and Piper and Leo trying to fix it, them on their way to Camp Jupiter. Yeah, he was like, who is this Cyclops? <laughs> Why is he calling me brother? I was like, oh. yeah. Because he's your brother. <laughs> that was sad. All right. What songs do we pick? Please, you two go first, because I have no idea. Okay. Um, I can go. I picked Pressure by Paramore, because I was recently reminded that it existed, and I was like, oh my god, this song is so good. But also, um, I feel like early Paramore fits this version of Percy very well. Just generally, like, the sound, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense for him. And the lyrics of Pressure talk a lot about, you know, Percy doesn't really go through, like, anything 
like much internally during these chapters other than the dream but even the dream is like servicing the external plot mm-hmm. um but he like for some like a lot of the internal like the, the internal dialogue we do get in this in this set of chapters is like him talk like thinking he's useless and that like he's not helping the group at all and i'm like you're literally one of the most powerful demigods in the world and you are single-handedly making this boat go but go off i guess um so yeah i felt the the themes lined up not necessarily in like what percy's doing plot wise because he did a lot to further the plot in these sections but the small bits of internal turmoil we get from him yeah okay um I chose this is the wow I chose How to Save a Life by The Fray because like a great song um but also I got so emotionally attached to Ella so 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 attached and when they saved her I was ridiculously happy and I was trying to find songs that like I don't know. Like I was like looking for songs that discussed like, like worth. And I, um, kind of couldn't. So <laughs> I said, <laughs> and it was very like connected to the plot. And also it's just good. Love, love, love. <laughs> I. Let's hear it. All right. I chose dear fellow traveler by Seawolf. Um, it, it kind of, it has, it's, it's like an indie version of a sea shanty is how I would call it. I love like, that. like if, if, uh, Jack Sparrow was like, on Pirates of the Caribbean, this is oh what you're listening to. Um, oh my Lord. What but a it's, crazy description. <laughs> it, it reminds me, it's both like, has the like nautical like vibe, which reminds me of Percy, obviously. But it's also, like, being about, like, on a journey and being, like, remembering the, like, love that you left behind to, like, like, that you're on your journey and that you're, like, really doing it for them. Um, It's also a good song that I just found recently. So, yeah. Please. All right. What were our favorite moments from the chapter? I loved when they first discovered that Ella's little house, um, like was made out of books and like, thus, like she had this crazy amount of knowledge. Um, yeah, I thought that was so cool. Yeah. The whole character of Ella, just so sweet. I was going to hop in that train too. I love Ella the harpy. But I also, I really do like the Princess Bride scene. He's great. Yeah. Why am I blanking? With the poisons. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I thought you were going to say for a second that you had not seen Princess Bride. No, 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 no. I gatekept that movie when I was a little kid. Of course you did. That's why I was surprised that it took you a minute. Like, because I was like, I feel felt like that movie was part of your personality. It is. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. I love Princess Bride. It holds up so well. I agree. It's very good. 
I gotta be real. I forgot the outcome. I remembered the, like, I remembered bits and details of this, like, wager, but I forgot, like, how Percy makes it work out in the end. So, remembering how he made it work out, I was like, oh, this was, like, badass for a children's book. Like, knowing, like, being like, I'm so important to you that you're gonna kill this guy. Like, I know he was already dead, but, like, that was crazy. Yeah. I I loved it. I cuz I also did not remember like exactly how he made it work. Like I know he obviously did make it work, but I was like I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. And yeah, that was great. It was a very well-written scene. It was this these chapters were very well-written. I really enjoyed them. They're it's really like we really do see Rick just being more comfortable writing Percy. Like, even though he's not writing, like, first-person POV style, like, he's just, I don't know, more in his element writing Percy's writing Percy. narratives. Exactly. And and I'm also better reading Percy's <laughs> narratives. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about the theme of dreams. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Dream a little dream for me. No? No? Okay. I liked it. Um, it was a little forceful, gotta be real. I do. I know. I did feel a little <laughs> too aggressive with it. Dream a little dream for me. For me. <laughs> um, anyways, what, what, where do we see dreams? Where do the dreams come from? Will Percy be having them? <laughs> Percy. So true. Yes. Dreams. That dream was messed up. Because it was like showing him all these good things. Like, oh, there's a warship. It's Camp Jupiter. And they're looking for you. Like, people know you. People remember you. And then <laughs> at the end to be like, but they're all going to die. And so are you. Good morning. Like, it's so scary. It's very like. It has big gaslight vibes where it's like, look at all these things that you can't remember, but like they're true and or not. And you are crazy. Yeah. Just Hera and Gia both like playing with his mind and his memories. And yeah. It's in- also, it's it was really interesting. This has nothing to do with dreams, but it was just interesting to see like how remembering or getting like glimpses of the past has like a physical effect on Percy. Like it makes him like physically like nauseous and stuff and like actually ill. Like when Ella said the beginning lines of the first prophecy, like of the first great prophecy. And he was like, I think that was about me, but then got like woozy for a second. I don't know. It's just very interesting how it's like physically affecting him and like that choice. Yeah. yeah, I think in Lost Hero, Jason said, like, once that like, he got a headache, 
Yeah. But like it was a lot less. Like, it and we like, definitely made fun of him for it. <laughs> like, it I can't seems- remember the. I can't remember the chapter, but we're definitely like, oh, well, okay, Jason, it's a little headache because he can't remember his life. Uh, yeah, exactly. But it's like, it feels like Percy is encountering these these hints so much more frequently than Jason. But maybe yeah. that's because we just know Percy's history, so Rick is able to put all these Easter eggs in. Yeah, also in The Lost Hero, I'm sure Rick didn't want to in any way spoil like what where what Jason was from because like the idea of Camp Jupiter hadn't been introduced yet but it is it is totally possible like that there are easter eggs and we just didn't realize them in Lost Hero yeah I think they just like they can't be easter eggs if the audience doesn't know, know they are. Yeah. His, his history yeah. and anything that like I don't know. We haven't read like past the Heroes of Olympus, but like if there's any more like backstory in there that like makes Easter eggs in Lost Hero or like further deeper in the books, that's just retconning. Mm. And retconning is bad writing. Sometimes. Sometimes you need to though. Sometimes things are bad and you need to change them. <laughs> Fair. Um I think also, it's like fans. Oh, sorry. No, you but it, it, just really quickly. It's just like fan service. Like Rick knows being like Annabeth likes libraries for some reason. We're all going to be like, yeah, that there, that was one of the moments that I was like, okay, Rick, this, you, you're leaning in a little too heavy now. <laughs> I was like, okay, I get it. Like she likes libraries, I, I guess. And like, but why is that what he wrote? Like, out of everything, how is that what makes it through? Yeah. Although, I will, like, for, uh, it didn't really make sense that, also, like, that is a moment that architecture gets through, which is, I think, a lot more integral to Annabeth's personality. Yeah. Of, like, of, like, her passion for that. And it's, like, why did, it's clearly, like, Rick was, like, fuck, I gotta get him to remember that she likes architecture. <laughs> how am I gonna do that? And then was like, I guess this library makes it work, but it like doesn't. Like, what does would not. a library remind him of her passion for architecture? No, I guess he. I I guess he was like, I don't I don't know what I, they're traveling up the west coast. What on the west coast has architecture that it like would remind him? And like they passed the Golden Gate Bridge like too early in the book for him to like drop that hint. So he yeah. kind of like this library. <laughs> he was like there are big windows I think she liked the like <laughs> yeah but he mentioned it for did anyone for did anyone else think they wanted to be an architect cause, cause Annabeth was an architect a little bit briefly. yeah no <laughs> I what can I say I like attention I've pretty much always <laughs> to do something and perform <laughs> leo's no i had an architect kit like an architect like paper design kit oh yeah i had a lot of phases yeah i did too i think what's interesting about dreams is that it is both literal and like metaphysical i don't think i use the word metaphysical right there but like i 
like dreams as in like dreams you dream at night when you're asleep, but also dreams as in aspirations. Yeah. And I think metaphysicals, maybe not. But I think it's right. I, I I think it's like correct, but also I feel like sleeping dreams are also metaphysical. Mm. <laughs> um anyways, I feel like while we have literal dreams in it, it's hard to talk about those literal dreams in a thematic way because they happen so differently than real dreams work. Yeah, they're basically like Sometimes they aren't, but uh, most of the times that dreams happen in this series, it's to, like, serve as a way to see other things that are happening in the world, like, that are controlled by the gods, and sometimes they're a little skewed, but most of the time it's pretty accurate to what's happening. And I think it's because, like, you know, they can't randomly switch to a Leo POV in this yeah. book so like we gotta let them know what the other people are doing but we can't go to their point of view so dreams i feel like that's such a big thing out of literature from like the 90s to the 2010s like even like like i would say 95 to 2015 was full of young adult sci-fi and fantasy that was full of dreams as plot devices. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And where no one used dreams, how dreams actually work. Like it's a big thing in Harry Potter too. I think they explore it a little more interestingly in Harry Potter, just in like, Oh wait, your dreams are being manipulated. So now you don't know if what you're seeing is true or not, because they're fucking dreams, not prophecies. Um, but, like, it is much more used as a literal plot device in Percy yeah. Jackson. But I think... Dreams can, like, almost always be trusted as, like, reality of, like, what's happening elsewhere in the world. Yeah. And I think it'd be more interesting if we, like, if there was some tension in that. Just because it's a plot device that is, is set up from the beginning of Percy Jackson. But we don't really yeah. ever see, like, is this real or not? Which I think could be interesting. Because we don't really, Morpheus kind of disappears and never comes back. But I think that could have been a really interesting thing to do with Morpheus at some point. Maybe he does mm. in in Trials of Apollo because that's about Apollo and oracles and maybe dreaming. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, truly, none of us none of us have the answer. None of us really know. Um, but I think that was a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of aspirational dreams, I think it's so interesting how in this chapter people's dreams get leveraged against them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like with Phineas, how I just think it's so interesting that they're like, what can we give Phineas that he won't get? It it's his sight. Like he's so clearly like a blind person like what does a blind person want to see? And it's interesting that they raise the question that it's like Gia won't give him his sight back because he needs to keep or she he she needs to have that leverage over him to keep him in line. And it mm-hmm. just makes me think of like the capitalist system of like the American like how the American dream is manipulated in that like 
you can never have enough because you'll never be given enough because you're supposed to want to keep climbing. Mm. True. Yeah. I agree with that. I completely agree. Also, it's like, once again, this theme that I forgot how it's not prevalent, but like the, the like two, if I had a nickel for every time this happened, I'd have two nickels, which is not much, but it's weird that it happened twice that Rick is like punishing someone for quote unquote greed. Like what, why is that a moment in this book? <laughs> Just forgot that that was like even a theme. Cause you know, it's not like greedy to want your sight back, but like, it's like, oh, well, he wagered too much. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's blind. Like, he's a terrible person. But, like, you know, he wanted some, he wanted his sight back, you know, and he was already dead. Like, at one point, I don't know. It was just strange. It was like, well, he bet too much and now he's dead, which is sending a message of, like, don't bet too much. Also, don't be a terrible person. But, it was just an interesting way to take a villain out with the same theme that they like that he killed Hazel's family, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's also that, that like greed transfers over to like his entire like premise where it's like, I mean, I think the theme of greed resonates with him a lot because I think having like, he's given this extra power, which is like, he has the power of prophecy and he uses it for bad. And therefore, mm-hmm. like, because he has too much, they take away one, like, if prophecy's another sense, they, like, knock him down a sense to, yeah. to make him more even. And then, like, also, like, he historically, like, is punished with the harpies, but now he's, like, hoarding. Like, he has way too yeah. much food for himself. Mm-hmm. And the harpies are malnourished and can't eat it. It just felt, like, very, like, one percent yeah like he has everything and they're starving and Mm -hmm. if he because literally the way it's set up if he just said hey you can have some of my food it would have like like he has complete power to feed them if Mm -hmm. he wanted to and he doesn't want to because he's vindictive and says that they're like, that's the whole idea of, like, this just makes me think a lot about, uh, I've talked th- about this book before, Jess Zimmerman's Women and Monsters. Um, and she she uh, talks about a section with the, the har- like, about the harpy is, is one of the chapters. And it's about how a harpy, like, the premise is it's, like, asking for more than they're owed is, like, what is, like, the idea transferred on them and like how it's, she talks about how like when we say like a woman harps on something like, which is, which is like a gendered ter- like idea in like historically that like they're asking for too much. But when a woman, woman just like uh, stands up for themselves or asks for what they're owed, not for more than they're owed. They're also said that they're harping and like they're asking for too much. And that's what's happening with the harpies. The harpies are literally being starved. And Phineas is like, they're asking for too much. 
Yeah. And it's also like you mentioned vindictive, like there's just, there's literally like a, a section of dialogue where Percy's like, where he's like, well, they tortured me for years. And Percy says, well, they had to, like, that was their, like, a, that was their job. And it's like also this idea of, I feel like another thing that Phineas is punished for is this idea of like individualism. Like now that I've gotten back to a stable place, I'm only worrying about myself and actually becoming a detriment to those, like to those who like used to be above me. And also he only takes this wager and only wants his sight because he's like, I'll be unstoppable then like I'll be able to overtake this whole thing. And yeah, the idea of like, just going back to like capitalism, um, <laughs> like the idea of individualism and keeping it only not, not just only worrying about yourself, but actively making steps to make sure that no one ever comes for your place. And yeah, that is another thing that Phineas embodies. And it's also like, keep keeping on that that shitting on capitalism train mm-hmm. i feel like it's been a while since since we've gone in depth on on capitalism yeah like properly um it's it's a case of of the people with the real power pitting people with significantly less power against each other saying there's only so many spots for you to join us like the harpies are representatives of jupiter phineas is a representative of gia Gia and Jupiter have so much more power than them. Yeah. But now they're like, they're competing to like, try to be close to that power. They're tearing each other apart. And it's this like competition that the American dream creates that says like, you have to step on everyone around you to be successful. Mm -hmm. Which is wrong. Bad boo. Brayden is signaling with his hands that you can't see. Shame. This is an audio (laughs) medium. Shame. All right. Sass moments? Sure. Let me pull her up. (laughs) We have read so much of this book. We really have. Crazy. I mean, this isn't a sass moment, and I'm still looking for mine. But um, I was listen. I was exhausted last night, so I was listening to the audiobook version, um, or like the little YouTube one that I that I use. And I was listening to it at 1.5 speed, as I do. And um, it was just so funny how like the the reader would do Ella's voice. Like it would always be like, nope, 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 nope. Like it was like very like. I don't know how to describe it, but it was just so funny and like flighty and it just felt so right. And it was, it made me laugh every time. Um, that's not quite sass, but I just wanted to shout that out. I like, I don't know if I can choose one specific moment. I just like the way that Ella talks. Me yeah. too. Like just hearing her little rants are very cute. Very fun. It's like, no, no, no. Tricks are for kids. 50 tricks to teach your dog by Sophie Collins. Call number 636. 
Yeah. Tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids is always funny. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. Just actually, I don't want to read anything from this specific section. Just that Ella doesn't like cheese. Just very funny that like she is literally starving and she's like, I have standards though. No cheese. Not good. <laughs> like, I don't like cheese. Which like I'll I'll power to you, girl. I love that. I agree. Yeah, her hatred for cheese is hilarious. Um yeah, I don't know. This is this is another way she talks um but it's um ella he said we're gonna find a way to break the curse would you like that it's impossible she said recorded in english by perry como 1970 <laughs> like she can't even <laughs> say it's impossible without referencing it i also love when hazel says that's amazing and frank goes she's a genius chicken <laughs> like king please let her breathe <laughs> let her breathe All right, who are our offerings for this week? Ava, you can give it to Ella. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, who else? It's for her. It's for Ella. It is She's true. a little sweetie. And, like, I actually also always liked the name Ella, so bonus points. People can hop on that train. She was She was very good. She was. I don't know. I hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I okay. I'm gonna give mine to to Percy. I felt it. <laughs> Cause he it just was a really clever and like ballsy. Uh, effort, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he really pulled it off and he should not have been able to, you know? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And I'll actually, I'll give, I'll give mine to Rick because these were well-written. Like just really for that whole scheme. So it was very interesting. And yeah. Period. Uh, then I'll jump off that, and I'm gonna vote off Rick for the 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 satchel commentary. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's fair. Um, I... I was gonna vote off Percy for it, but I actually don't blame Percy because I think Percy actually likes it. <laughs> he was just forced to not like it by his heart. Exactly. Yeah. I am gonna go with the basic choice and choose Phineas, but specifically, like. For everything he's done, yes. But specifically because he's a snitch and told, like, the two biggest secrets that the that Hazel and Frank were carrying, just, it was so, like, anticlimactic. Like, you think, like, Hazel and Frank's reveal of these things should be this big, like, like not, like, obviously we know as the reader, but reveal to Percy and to, like, like as this big moment, like, emotional... Um, reveal moment and he just like says it out loud what the hell like 
made it so uninteresting. He just meets them and is like, ooh, your life depends on a stick and you're supposed to be dead. It's like, why? That was two sentences. And now, like, this huge secret that they both had are just gone. So, yeah. I have Phineas for everything else, but also he's a snitch. So, snitches, so get snitch. snitches get votes off. So <laughs> um, mine is for all the other harpies. They were so mean and stole her food when she was given it and ganged up on her. And I like I understand like if you were like I get it. But, like, also, don't do that. Me. Like, I get it, but, like, let's not. Yeah. (laughs) Alrighty, folks, that is all for this week. Join us next week, where we will be discussing... Chapters 29 through 32, through the theme of reaping... Make sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. We're at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. We also have a coffee account and a Redbubble store and a website, returntocamp.com. See you next week. Bye. Bye.